when I was asking the Lord, what should I preach? You know, I, you know, mission messages, stuff like that. I just, the Lord put it on my heart to preach a message I preached maybe like two or three weeks ago on a Sunday morning. We are going through the book of Isaiah and uh, on Sunday mornings. Isaiah is a long book, brother. <laughs> but it's just jam-packed full of promises and things like that. And and so I, um, I am, I am wanting to, to do that. I use a computer, and the reason I use a computer is because I have uh, ADHD, I guess. I don't know if that's what it is, or I'm just getting old and forgetful. But when I use notes on a piece of paper, I'll be going through the notes, and then I'll, I'll take a rabbit trail, and I'll go off, and I'll start telling a story or something like that. And it's happened a couple of times. So I'll, I'll come over here, and I'll start preaching, and I'll start telling people the story and stuff. And then I'll come back over here, and I'll look at my notes, and I'm like, where was I? And uh, I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it happens to me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a problem for me. And so I just, I just decided, and see my computer is acting up now, so let's just try to find the cursor. Boom, there we go. And... Uh, it's it's supposed to be up on the screen, but I can't get the TV to turn on. Is it too big? So you're actually seeing something up there? Somebody fix it. <laughs> there you go. There's always somebody in the congregation that knows how to... The, the lady that sang the special. Anyway, if you can't see it, you can't see it. The reason I do this, I used to teach CPR, instruct CPR. In the CPR course, 15%... Of what you retain, you see through your eyes, and that's it. 15% you retain through what you hear with your ears. So if you see with your eyes and hear with your ears, you've retained how much? 30%. So uh, what I try to do, especially with when I look out at the congregation, our congregation, I don't see anybody opening their Bibles up and reading. And Okay, I'm going to make you read it. It's up there on the screen, and of course, then you have to decide whether you're going to look up at the screen or not, but <laughs> I just feel that uh, since we're so visually orientated nowadays with our cell phones and everything else, it's nice to put things up on the screen. It's also nice in case somebody misunderstands what I said, and uh, this is not the uh, chapter. It's working. Oh, see, you're, now if you can read backwards, you're, you're doing. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41 and uh, verse 9. Um, this, is, this is probably one of my most favorite verses. In the Bible, verse 10, it's also, and it's because of where I live, uh, fear thou not, for I am with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy God, I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Stop doing that, Mrs. Inslee. You're going to make me cry. But uh, I have, uh, this last week has been hard. And uh, 
you know, as an, as an EMT and as a person who works at the clinic, I see a lot of trauma. But see, the thing of it is, is there are people that I know. <laughs> if you can imagine working with people that you've witnessed to, that you've witnessed to and uh, gave the gospel to, and they've rejected it. And then you find them in a tote at the dump, just dead, shot, bloody. I mean, it, it's gruesome. And I, I don't want to get into the, all the details, but please pray for our village. Our village has a, a cartel. At least that's what I call it. And uh, it's gotten worse. We've had, uh, in the last couple of months, people have been murdered. They just, they just didn't die, and they're young people. They're not old people like me. They're young people. And uh, anyway, <laughs> I quote this verse a lot. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. And this is God talking to us. This isn't a, this isn't, uh, you know, and the reason I'm, the reason I'm putting all these extra scriptures in here is because many uh, scholars and theologians say, oh, this isn't for us. This is for Israel. This is for Jacob, hero Jacob, hero Israel. Well, the problem with that is, is that they don't understand that Isaiah has double application. Uh, It's not just to Israel. And, and I, I, it would be neat to go, I, I've really enjoyed this study, uh, but this is how I preach to my people. Uh, it's very simplistic. You may think, well, wow, could you come up with something a little more deep or something like that? It's just what the Lord told me to preach this morning. Anyway, let's go to, it says, thou, I'm in verse 9 here, thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth. And I, and I underline that in my Bible because this right here, God did not take Israel or Jacob from the ends of the earth. And folks, we live on the, I live on the ends of the earth. So God's looking out all over the Arctic. He's looking out all over the world. He says, thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men among them. And said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and and not cast thee away. Uh, Again, uh, people who believe they can lose, and see, the majority of the people in Selowick believe they can lose their salvation, not my church. But they believe God will cast them away if they don't tote the line, if they don't walk the line. And that's just not true. The Bible does not teach that. And I've told them that. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So anyway, the first point I want to make, if you're saved, God called you. And that's a wonderful truth. And I'm not going to get into election or any of that stuff. I'm just, isn't it a wonderful truth that God has called you he knew you were going to get to, before the foundations of the earth. That, to me, is a wonderful truth, is that God has called each one of us. If you're saved here today, mark it down. He called you. He called you. To whom, 
anyway, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and you keep going here. Verse 30, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. And I, and I tell my folk, being conformed to the image of that word image there means an exact duplicate copy. And I guarantee you, I am not an exact duplicate copy of his son. And so he is conforming, and conforming is not an easy process. Conforming is a process that sometimes is very stressful and very trying and very hard. It says, to conform to his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, new family, who, moreover, whom he did predestinate, he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. And I, and I say that to my people because so many of them wonder, am I really saved? Did I, you know, I prayed a sinner's prayer. And, and see, the, in, in Selowick, the mothers teach their children sinner's prayers. And you, you say, well, did you say a sinner's prayer? Did you, is there a time where you called on God? Yes, oh, oh, lots and lots of times. But see, the problem is, is they don't understand that it's permanent. It's a relationship. And I guess that's where we're going this morning is the relationship part of it. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee, again, called thee by thy name, by your name. You are mine. You keep going. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed. And I, again, what does redeem mean? You know, we sang it over, redeemed how I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And <clears throat> I ask my people, they will say, bought back. You're bought back, Warren. Because that's exactly, we're purchased. We are purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish or without spot. Anyway, thou whom, we'll go back to this verse, thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away. Fear thou not, for I am with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy God, I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will hold thee at the right hand of my righteousness. And I've already talked about the double application here because it pictures what God will do in the future with his son, Jesus Christ. God did not take Israel from the ends of the earth, but from Abraham. So it must be referring to all people, which is exactly what happened when Jesus Christ came to earth. He, he made salvation available to everyone. So I, I want you to put your name in this verse. Is, that, is it up there? I want you to read this verse, and I want you to put thou, 
and I, you know, the King James Bible, I, I like the King, I love the King James Bible, but I like it because all the pronouns, the second person pronouns are with a T that are singular. So when I, I tell my people, when you see that T there, those T pronouns, it's talking about you. God is talking to you personally. He's referring to you personally. He says, thou, warn, whom I have taken from the ends of the earth. And called, warn, called you, warn, from the chief men thereof. And said unto you, warn, Gail, Roy, Karen. I mean, I could go on and on. This is, if you're here today and you're safe, this is the Lord talking to you. Thou art my servant. You're not just, thou art my servant. I have chosen you, Warren, and not cast you away. Fear not, Warren, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I am Warren's God. I will strengthen Warren. Yea, I will help Warren. Yea, I will uphold Warren with the right hand of my righteousness. So, the Lord says, do not fear. Do not fear. You know, that is one of the big things that I deal with at the clinic is panic attacks. And I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack, but they're very, they're very interesting because they can just come on all at once. I had people in my, a patient in my exam room, and I'll start talking about something about either death or, you know, something, I don't know, it, whatever triggers it. And then, and all of a sudden, there's this this heavy breathing, and it's they they get all shaky and panicky. It's happened a couple of times. Fear is fretting, worry, and it can lead to a panic attack. I know, I don't know. I've never had a panic attack. There have been times when fear. I I, well, I remember one time I was in a hangar, in an airplane hangar, and and it just all of a sudden just. I felt this foreboding fear of maybe death or something. It's like, what is it? And I rebuked it in the name of Jesus, and it eventually went away. But I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it, in Selawick, uh there's some things to, to, to be afraid of sometimes. But fear is nothing more than fretting worry. And I recognizing or recognize your fear by identifying what you're worried about. If you, if, and I, folks, I worry, my, I, I worry a lot about different things, but it's fear. God says, fear not, warn, don't fear. Worry is meditation. See, we're supposed to meditate on God's word. We're supposed to meditate on scriptures. Evening and morning and noon while I pray and cry aloud and you will hear my voice. And <laughs> we're supposed to be meditating on what we've read in God's word. And yet what we do is we worry. And worry is meditation on fear. So if you recognize what you're worrying about, you will recognize your fear. And I, and I have had, I, you know, since I preached this message, it's amazing. I went home and I started worrying about it because we had the Valentine's banquet to get ready for. 
I had this service, these services to get ready for. I had other stuff to get ready for at the clinic and stuff. And I was like, and I, and I thought, Lord, what are you doing? You just got through preaching about this. Fear, worry. Worry is meditation on things you can't change or do something about. I, I, if I can't do anything about the situation, if I can't solve the problem now, then I need to give it to the Lord, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Anyway, what, that, is, that is why it's so destructive, as it creates doubt in your mind. And friends, I, I deal with doubt. Sometimes on a daily, you say, man, you're a pastor, you're a, pre, you're a missionary, you, you deal with that all the time. I deal, I, because of fear and worry, what it creates in your mind is doubt. And fear can be the result of doubting God's goodness. It can be the result, fear is doubting God's protection. Uh, fear, I mean, right, I, I, it just came to mind, my snowmobile are out in the yard. Somebody could steal them. And that happens, you know. It's like, uh, God will take care of it. It's God's stuff. Fear doubts God's provision. I doubt, is God really going to take care of me? I just lost my job. Why, what, what's going to happen in the future? Fear is doubting God's love and attention. Fear is doubting God's position is he even here i i don't feel i feel alone right now is god really here that's what fear which turns to worry and then doubt when we start to fear these doubts i've listed become fruits of fear and they over they just overcome us to a point that we become powerless we can't serve God. We can't do things for God because we're doubting God. And see, doubt, I mean, if you read James, James says, pray. You have not because you pray now. But pray in faith, believing. When you pray for wisdom, pray, nothing doubting. That is why over and over in the Bible, God tells us, I am with you. I'm with you over and over again. It says, fear not, fear not, fear. I mean, I, we could, somebody said there's 365 fear nots in the Bible. I checked that out. I don't think that's true, but there's a lot of them. There's over 200. I am with you. And we acknowledge that. We acknowledge, we say, we know that, yet do we truly believe it? There is a difference between knowing something and believing something. And I've known in my own life, you can know things and know things, but until there's, there's action. Believing has action because it is knowledge at the heart level. You know, they talk about missing heaven by 12 inches or 16. You got it up here, but you don't have it down here. Well, that's true. You know, we say we believe in hell. Oh, I believe in hell. There's a, there's a lake of fire. There's a pit. There's, yeah, I believe in hell. But you know what? If we believe in hell, 
our friends, our unsaved friends, and I got a slew of them. We're going to be telling them, (laughs) you don't want to go there. Otherwise, do we really believe it? Well, maybe we do, but maybe it's like, oh, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe God's going to do something and he's kind of roll it on. I don't want to offend people. I don't want to. It's like the day's coming. And this is I, the, the Valentine's banquet. I was I was I, I got up after my son-in-law spoke. I got up and I and I was talking to the people and I said, folks, you know, the reason we have these is to entertain and to have fun but also to give an opportunity for people to hear what Jesus Christ did for them on the cross. And I looked at those people, and I said, you're all my friends. And they were. I, you, once you're in Selowick for 26 years, you know everybody, and they know you. You know, people, you go into town and say, where's Warren Compton? Well, they'll point you right to my house. They know where I'm at. But I said, you're all my friends. And, you know, the one fear, the one, it's almost like a nightmare I have, is that I'll be at the throne, the throne, I'll be on the right side of the throne. And I looked at him and I said, some of you may be on the left side. And the last thing I want you to do is point at me and say, you knew the truth. You were my friend. You worked with me every day. And you never told me about this, that this was going to happen. You're no friend. That, and there are going to be some people probably that do that. There are. But the thing of it is, is action, believing is action. You know, I, I, I preach repentance. I don't just preach that Jesus died on the cross, but you, you need to change your mind about your sin. Your sin put Jesus on the cross. Every time you sin after you're saved, it's another stripe on his back. It's another crown of thorns in his head. You you are almost like crucifying him again when you sin. So I said, why would you want to go back? I said, why would I want to go back to alcohol and drugs and all that other stuff that I did through my... Why would I want to go back to that? When it was what put Jesus on the cross. See, I believe it not here, but down here. It made a difference. It made me repent. It made me change my mind about what I did to the Lord. Believing has action because it is knowledge at the heart level. It's a fact. God is omnipresent. The the scripture, and I I point this out to my people, can, can anybody hide himself? In secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord. Do do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord. So he's everywhere. We we and again I, I teach my people, he's living inside you. If you're saved, everything you do, he sees you drag. We have had a scripture the other night. Uh, I think it's in Isaiah about dragging the Lord through sin, through your sin. And he has to deal with it. The Holy Spirit, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which is you have of God, and ye are not your own, for you are bought, you are redeemed with a price. Therefore, glorify. Don't worry. Worry is not glorifying God. Fear is not going. Fear comes from the devil. And putting, putting thoughts in your mind 
that, that God doesn't put there. God doesn't put doubt in your mind. If you're doubting about things, if you're worried about things, guaranteed it's not from God. For ye are bought, redeemed with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You're not your own. When people get saved, I, I'm thinking of one young man. Now, I won't mention his name because I think we're on the Internet, but... Uh, <laughs> I told him, you know, after he got saved, I said, you know, it's not going to be the same now. And I really, he did get saved. He really, I mean, he changed and stuff, but it's not going to be the same now. Uh, when you sin, when you backslide, it's not going to be that enjoyable. You may have a little fun, for, but there's going to be consequences to that. And uh, sure enough, it happened, and sure enough, he, he's looking at some jail time now. You know what? God's going God's gonna to use that in his life and, and, and move him. And then, you know, it's just not worth it anymore. It's not worth getting high anymore. It's not worth getting drunk anymore. It's not worth uh, doing those things that I used to do because I, and I remember myself when I'd backslide, I'd, 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 I'd be, oh, just, and I'd see my Bible over there, and I'd pick, and this is back when I was a teenager. I'd see my Bible, and I'd pick it up, and I'd start reading it. And it's like, oh, I miss this. I miss this. I miss reading the Word. Why? Because there's a change on the inside. God's Spirit lives inside you. Secondly, he says, do not be dismayed. He says, fear thou not, for I am thy God. Be not dismayed. Now, what, you know, these words, what does dismay mean? Well, some people would say, oh, it just means sad. I, you know, well, what does God mean by dismayed? Well, it means be overwhelmed. The Lord is saying, don't, don't warn, don't feel overwhelmed. With trouble to the point that you're going to quit. You know, people say, well, I I lived 26 years in a village without it. Well, you know, I just tell, I don't have any place else to go. <laughs> I really don't. I don't own any house on it. You know, the, when you first move to Selawick, people will ask you. I ask people now, how long are you going to stay here? How long are you going to live here? You know, are you? And, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to gauge, do I want to make you a good friend or a really close friend, or do I just want to make you an acquaintance? Because if you're going to stay for two or three years, we're just going to be an acquaintance. You know, I'll talk to you about the Lord. Maybe I'll try to, <laughs> but we're, we're not going to go out hunting and fishing and doing things and doing trying to do and, and getting to know each other better and, and stuff like that. It's just not going to happen because... I, I've had it so many times where I've made a good friend with somebody, and they come out, well, I'm leaving. In another month, I'm gone, and I'm never going to see him again. It's like, so why did I do that? But be not dismayed. Overwhelm the trouble. I'm going to quit. Job, when Job was dismayed at his situation, you think about that. In a moment, he lost 10 kids. He lost his, he became childless. He had no family. I don't know how I could deal with that. You know, how would you deal with that? I, and I, we, as we've gone through Job, I've told my, because we're coming, you know, times are going to get harder and harder. 
And, and my concern is that people, when, when they really start seeing, you know, jobs, maybe things fail, and <coughs> government fails, bad stuff starts happening. What, what are we going to do? We're going to get dismayed. We're going to feel overwhelmed. Job was overwhelmed, but you know what? The wonderful thing, just always amazing. I, is Job says, though he slay me, if God kills me, I will trust him. I'm not going to give up on God no matter what happens in, the, in my life, in my situation. And this is after he's lost his family. He's lost, I mean, it's not, his job didn't just, just go south. He lost all his wealth. His, his bank account failed, folks. The, the banks foreclosed. It's like, it's time to pay up your loan. Well, I don't have any money. Well, then we're going to foreclose on your home and your land. It's, it's all ours now. I mean, that could happen. Are you going to give up on God? The Lord says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. Don't be overwhelmed. I'm your God. The word has the meaning of focusing or looking on something. That's actually how it's translated in the rest of the King James. Almost all of it is look, looking, looking. And (laughs) focusing on something, you are looking at problems and tasks and becoming dismayed at what is happening. Ah, I wish I was never born. That's what Job said over and over again. I wish I would just curse the day I was born. Instead of going to your Abba, Father. And see, Abba means Papa. (laughs) You know, well, that sounds kind of disrespectful. That's what God calls himself. That's what Jesus called him. That's what Paul calls him in Romans chapter 8. Look at God's answer. And I've mentioned it. I am your God. I am your God. And I, (laughs) may I say this? He is a personal God. He is a personal Savior, but he is a personal God. And if you can get a hold of this point, and see, that's my, my folks in Selawick. So many times I, we just pray. You know, we had prayer requests today. What were they? God give, God give, God give. And uh, nothing against that. Nothing's wrong with that. But the fact of the matter is, is we, we acknowledge this relationship, and, 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 but yet we treat him like a genie. We treat him like a sugar daddy. And it's like, boy, I sure need and do this, or boy, I sure need that, Lord. And you know what? He gives it to me. God, I'd sure like that gun. I got so many guns, brother. I don't shoot it. I don't go hunting. I, I wanted a boat. I got two boats. I hardly ever go boating, do we? I got books. I got, you know, I, I could ramble on and on about that. He, he wants to give you things, but he wants a personal relationship. And when you latch on, when you grasp the point of God being a personal God that you go to, not just, you know, you set your, you set your timer for an hour 
And you just go and you pray. You don't ask for things. You just, Lord, man, this is going on and this is going on. And, 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 and you know, maybe you'll start crying a little bit. I don't know. But you, you treat him like he's personal. The Bible says we could know him experientially, but, but just like you know, just like I know my wife. I told these people the other night at the banquet. It's like, God, these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. And, I, and I'm like, that know is the same word they use for knowing a man knowing a woman. It's intimate. Been married 46 years. I guarantee you I know my wife. Intimately. And the same thing is true with your relationship with the Lord. As you pray to him, as you go to him, he's not your sugar daddy. He's your savior. He's your Lord. He's your friend. He's your personal God. He is your God. He's your father. He's your Abba. Anyway, in his promise, and I close with this. He says, I'll give you strength. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen you. I will give you strength. What did Paul say in Philippians chapter 4? I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Strength is work, strength to work, strength to take care of the household, strength to do anything he calls you to do. I don't know how many times I've had to pray to the Lord for strength. I've had to pray to the Lord. I am tired. Lord, I need strength. I need you. And and scripture comes to mind. He said, yay, yes, I will help you. The word help there means to surround to protect, to hold up, uphold, to maintain you, to stand you up and and, and keep you solid. And how does he do that? He does that simply with his righteousness. And And the righteousness, you know, God gives you, when you get saved, when you're born again, God gives you, his righteousness. That's how he does it. His spirit lives within you. He gives you his righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that's, that's why it's so wonderful because, folks, it's secure. If I could only, you know, I wish I could convey the, the folks that, that go to different denominations. And so we have Seventh-day Adventists. We have a Friends Church, which is the Quaker Church. But the, the, the hope, so I hope I'm saved. I hope I'm going to heaven. It's like, no, you can know. Oh, that's hairs that you can't, you can't know. I, had a, I was at a, at a funeral. I was preaching a funeral. A guy committed suicide at Selaway. And this was years ago. But I actually, as I was preaching and I was, I was, I was, uh, telling people about salvation, telling people about the cross, how this person, if they could come back, would want you to know there's a hell to shine and a heaven to gain. And, and, and of course, uh, the seventh day don't believe that. They believe that your soul sleeps. You know, he's sleeping right now. And 
and that's immaterial. But I, it was, it was, it was interesting. A dog, first time it's ever happened. The dog came into the back of the church, ran all the way up front with a deacon running after him, trying to catch him, running around the pulpit. And I'm just kind of like watching, just interruption after interruption after interruption. I finally had everybody bow their head, close their eyes, had people raise their hands. And I said, you can know for sure. One of the men in the back, I think he was intoxicated, but one of the men in the back shoots this and you can't know that, Warren. I mean, there's like 700 people in this church. The whole town was there. And it's like, you can't know that. And I called him out by name. I said, yes, you can. No, you can't. And we had a little back and forth there. Well, everybody's head went down and their hands went up. But the righteousness of Jesus, the, 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 the confident assurance, the security that is in the Lord is a wonderful thing, that you're called, that you're redeemed, that these promises that God gives us to fear not, to not worry. And maybe you're here today, and I, I don't, you know, it's, it's, I'm probably preaching to the choir, more or less, everybody. I, thank you for that reminder, Warren. That's great. But, you know, it's always, I'm always amazed at how many people I talk to and I, and I'm missionary wives and stuff. I mean, I'm not talking, I'm talking to people that have been in the church forever. What are you trusting in to get to heaven? Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a, you say, well, Jesus Christ. Well, why would you trust in Jesus Christ? What do you mean? Why would I trust in Jesus Christ? That's what I get sometimes. Why, why, why would you, you trust in an airplane to get you from point A to point B? You trust in the ferry to get you from Hollis to Ketchikan and back to Hollis. You trust in that ferry. You, you step on it. I was, I'll tell you what, that's, that's quite a ride. There's a couple of times I thought this boat's going to, I thought, man, if it just went a little bit further, water would come in. That would not be good. But I, I, I stepped on it. I trusted in that ferry boat to get me over here. Same thing as that. What are you trusting in to get you to heaven? I don't know what you mean, Warren. You know, if that's you today and you can't answer that question, you need to come forward. When we have an are we going to have an invitation? When You need to come forward when we have an invitation. You really do because... Chances are really good you probably are not saved. You're looking to a time when you maybe prayed a sinner's prayer. You're looking at a time when maybe you uh, did something. But friend, if you can't tell me why you're trust, why you're trusting him to get you to heaven, I would say you need to know because you know what? When I'm when I'm people say, well, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Craig, Alaska. Well, how are you going to get there, Warren? Well, I'm going to hop on a plane, and I, and I can tell you how I'm going to get there. <laughs> it is, and, and they still didn't get it. It's like, how did you get over there? A ferry. I say, oh. If you can't tell me how to get to heaven, that's, that's something you want to know. 
I'll put it that way. That's something you really want to know, how to get to heaven. And I'll leave that, I'll leave that up to you. I'm done. Go ahead and pray. Yeah. <laughs>